We're going to continue in our, in our boundary series, and I am really, really liking this, this uh, boundary. And here's the, reason why, uh, here's the reason why I think we need to focus on boundaries. You know, some people have a sort of a negative uh, idea about these boundaries. You know, boundaries don't really uh, have a positive um, meaning to, to some people. Uh, but here's the reason why we need boundaries, because there are people who are living in this world and let's just talk about believers. Let's talk about those people who are believers in Christ. There are lots of people in this world who are walking in defeat time and time again. They're walking defeated lives. And even, even the, uh, obviously the ones who have not accepted Christ have surrendered their life to him. They're walking defeated lives. They just don't know why. Because of the sin in their life, we weren't meant to bear the weight of that sin. And so we create boundaries, and God actually asks us to create boundaries, and they're all in God's word, so that we could focus on what is in our boundaries and take good care of those things. It's kind of like your yard. If I'm all busy uh, mowing everybody else's yard and don't take care of my yard, my yard ain't going to look good. And so that's why we create Boundaries. Not saying that we can't love others and give to others. Yes, and we'll talk about the, that a little bit today. But um, this boundaries uh, series, it's just all talking about uh, taking care of the things you have that God's given you, and then uh, not worry about uh, uh, other people's uh, things unless it's something that they have to bear, a burden that they have to bear. We talked about that last week. We talked about that um, there's a difference between a burden and a load. And you have um, in Galatians chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 2, um, you have uh, this which says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. A burden is something that one person cannot carry. Um, and so we are responsible to uh, people who have a burden that is too heavy to bear. Like say, for instance, if, uh, if, if, one of you, if somebody in, in our church had their house burnt down, that's a big burden for them to carry by themselves. What are we going to do? We are responsible to help carry that burden. Help clean up, help with with uh, with all kinds of things. I mean, I've never had a, you know, had had a house fire, you know, where where I lived, and so um, you, you go through, I'm sure, lots of things. But knowing that you have friends and church members and, and, and other family members helping you to carry that burden. That is a burden. Well, then you have a load, and Paul talks about that in uh, that same chapter in verse 5. It says, for each should carry their own load. And a load is simply uh, just, a, um, just a daily load. Like say, for instance, if I tell you, man, we got, we got too many people living in our house. You know, we need help cleaning our house. I, we can't do it. We just can't clean our house. I need help. We need help cleaning our house. And if I expect you to come and help clean my house all the time, that, I'm getting that mixed up. I'm thinking a load is a burden when actuality, that's not. That's on us. Now, with that said, if you want to come help clean our house, we are all for that. So last week, we talked about the difference between a burden and a load. And it's really, really important for you to understand that. Um, because many people get that confused. I've gotten that confused as well. And so it helps you to realize what you're responsible to and what you're responsible for. Uh, this week, we're going to focus on what are the effects of boundaries? What are the effects 
of boundaries. And we're going to go into uh, some boundary laws. Um, there's a few sort of laws uh, that, um, that we're going to talk about. And these, I mean, these laws are like written and they're not like by the, by the Ten Commandments or anything. These are just sort of basic life principles. And, um, but you should have received in your bulletin a, a handout that has uh, sermon notes and uh, it has uh, basically my outline. And uh, if you want to uh, fill that in, I thought it would be best to give you something to take home and uh, to, uh, to apply to your life. And so the first law we're going to talk about is the law of sowing and reaping. This is a natural cause and effect um, law that God established uh, with, the, with his uh, creation. And so in Galatians chapter 6, same chapter, verse 7 and 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. There it is, plain and simple. The law of cause and effect are sowing and reaping. It's like a, it's a farmer turn. Whatever you, whatever you put in the ground, you're, gonna, you're going to uh, be able to harvest that, okay? If you go out and plant corn, you should get corn. If you go out and plant soybean, you should get soybean. If you get something different, something's wrong. So, sowing and reaping, we will get what, um, what we deserve. Now, now, let me understand this. Make you understand that this is not in any way God's punishment. Oh, I'm going to create this law, this principle, this natural cause and effect that's going to happen in, in, in my creation. And I'm going to do it because they need to be punished. How dare them? No, that's not really what was intended for. Because we have got to learn from those consequences ourselves. And so God did not establish those things to, uh, to be a punishment. Those are just natural consequences. Natural consequences. Now, but here's, here's the deal. The problem is boundary breakers are people who don't understand that. They sort of rescue people. They, if there's somebody that maybe they, they, they love, maybe a family member or a close friend, and there's this law of sowing and reaping a cause and effect, if this person always comes in and rescues them, the person will never, ever know and learn that lesson. It's kind of like if, uh, if you uh, keep spending and spending and spending and your bank account gets down to $10, goes in overdraft, and your mom always says, oh, I'm going to take care of that. I'll, I'll take care of that. I'll put, you don't need to pay for that. You don't need to worry about that. And you're like a grown adult. <laughs> you know, that the only way you're going to learn about proper finance budgeting is to feel a little bit of the hurt of consequences. And so people who are border or, or boundary busters don't understand that. Now, one, one thing to understand, too, is you can't, um, to, to fix this, you can't just nag. So if you need to have somebody who understand, you want them to understand the, the law of sowing and reaping, if you want them to understand that, you've got to allow them to experience a little bit of hurt. Now, if you just talk to them about it, that's just nagging. If you just talk to them, nagging, you've got to let them experience that. 
You're a little bit of hurt because there's no way they're going to be able to fully understand that. So confronting an irresponsible person is not painful to him, only consequences are. And so they've got to feel a little bit of pain. So, well, Frank, why would I hurt somebody? Well, we'll be getting in, into that in just a moment. The second law is the law of motivation. The law of motivation. Um, as believers, we should be motivated to give and to help people. Um, we, should, we should look out for those opportunities. We should be motivated by the love of Christ. Christ lives within us. We should be like Christ and give and offer our support, uh, offer whatever we can. And, and, and that needs to be a, a healthy motivation. However, there are some unhealthy motivations uh, and people don't understand uh, boundaries because of these unhealthy motivations. Uh, one motivation is fear of losing love. They fear of losing love. And so they're always saying yes to things. Always saying yes. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, yes. They're afraid to lose the love of someone in their life. Another one, another uh, uh, motivation that's not healthy is fear of another's anger. They can't stand for anyone to be mad at them. Fear of someone's anger, especially with children who've grown up in, in abusive, either verbally or physically abusive homes. When they become adults, man, they just try to please all the time. Why? Because they're like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, just don't get angry. Just don't get angry. And because of that, they can never establish healthy boundaries. Here's another one. Fear of loneliness. Fear of loneliness. I mean... A, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, teenagers, especially teenage girls, getting into this. They're afraid to be lonely, and so they'll, they'll do anything. They'll do anything to, to get accepted into, that, into a certain crowd. They don't want to be lonely. They, they, that fear of loneliness haunts them, and so boundaries are gone. Another one is guilt is guilt. Uh, many people will, will do whatever it takes to erase guilt in their life. That's the whole, that's a whole works-based uh, faith where people think, well, I, I, I'm a Christian. I want to follow God and, and I want to do all these good things and I want to uh, just fill my life with doing good, awesome things. But they never really have that, that conversation or that relationship component of of, of Jesus in their life. And it's all about doing good works, doing good works. And one reason is because, because they have guilt in their life. They, they've done things in the past. They're shameful. And they're like, man, I got to make up for lost time. We see this when, when adults who have lived a, a, a shameful life, and if, if they have done so, and later on they've come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, and what they do, they go in, they jump in with full feet, uh, plunge off the high dive into doing lots of good stuff. Man, they're volunteering, they're all kinds of stuff. And, and when we kind of notice that, we're like, whoa, 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 hold on, <laughs> hold on. There needs to be some balance here. And the reason why they think that, because they've done so many things wrong. They have guilt and shame in their life. And so they feel like they got to do all this stuff. Could be some people here in this room. 
who maybe guilt is an unhealthy motivation. Uh, the last one is approval. The approval. Man, that's a big one. Man, when we want the approval, approval of others, we, we will put those, borders, those boundaries down. It doesn't matter. It's like they don't even exist. We will get the approval of others. This is, this is a, 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 an issue big time, not just with adults, but especially with students. Students in this age are trying to find their identity in life, trying to find out who they are. And so they'll do anything to get approval, to have acceptance with people in their life. And because of that, they've disregarded boundaries. And since those boundaries are gone anyway, I could just live my life without those boundaries. I don't need those. Until they wake up and realize, whoa, this, this boundary that I've ignored, that I haven't built, um, is, is, has caused a lot of pain in my life, a lot of harm in my life. So, uh, this, um, so the, bo- the bottom line of motivation is if your giving is not leading to an overflow of gratitude and cheerfulness, then you need to examine your motivation. So if you're giving, if you're helping people, if you're doing things, if you're all this stuff, if it is not an overflow of gratitude and cheerfulness or joy, then you need to examine your motivation, why you're doing what you're doing. So, <clears throat> so that was the uh, law of motivation. Uh, the next law, the law of evaluation, the law of evaluation. And so this law, basically, you've got to evaluate what boundaries you have and you've set up and how it's affecting other people. It's really important to see how your boundaries are affecting other people. Because what we're going to see here in just a second, your, your boundaries will hurt people. They will. And so you've got to respond to that to a certain degree. You've got to not tear down, not tear down your boundary, but you've got to respond to that. But there's a difference between hurt and harm. Let's say if you were to go to the dentist. I don't really like going to the dentist. Is there anybody in this room that likes going to the dentist? Good. All right. Um, The only thing I like is, it's really weird. After I get from my appointment, you know what they give me when I leave? They give me candy. And I'm like, (laughs) this doesn't make sense. You're giving me candy. You're, it's a conspiracy theory. They, they, you know, they want, they want me to come back, you know, and just, hey, just give you more candy, more candy. But I don't like going to the dentist. Well, let's say, for instance, if you went to the dentist and you had a pretty bad cavity. Well, let's say at that dentist, they put you, uh, put you in the chair and they give you a shot. Oh, I can't stand those shots. And I, have you ever been where, where like, they gave you a shot and they're like, oh, I put that in the wrong spot. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so you end up with like three, four, five shots that they're putting in your gum and you can't talk the rest of the day. But those shots, man, they hurt. They hurt. And, and getting that drill, and even though you get a shot to numb the pain, that getting that drill in there, man, it, it hurts. It hurts. So let me ask you this. Did the dentist hurt you? If if you were in that situation, yeah, I've been hurt by a dentist. Did the dentist harm you? No, dentist didn't harm you. The dentist has never harmed me. And in fact, if anything, the dentist helped me. 
So there's a difference between hurt and harm. And just like a dentist who their procedures will hurt you, it will be for your better. And so we got to understand this principle because um, when we set up boundaries, we will hurt people. Now, if you're doing it intentionally, and this is part of the evaluation, evaluating your boundaries. If you're doing it intentionally, well, I'm just going to get back at them. I'm going to hurt them. I'm going to set this boundary. That's not the right motivation. Go back to the previous point. Check your motivation. Okay? But you will hurt people. I mean, not like, you know, physically, but you, you may be, they may feel like, well, what, what are you doing? What, why are you doing this? You know, and, and the way you evaluate it, you say, okay, I appreciate you coming to me telling me that, you, that my boundary has hurt you, but let me explain why I need to establish this boundary in my life. And who knows, that person may set up the same sort of boundary um, in their life. And so um, it, it's, under, it's very important that, that hurt and harm are, are, are understood fully. But you flip the coin and say this, if someone in your life has put up a boundary that has hurt you, hurt your feelings, or made you feel like you're an outcast, here's what you need to do. You need to express that hurt to them. Because if you don't, it's going to wind up into a, a life of bitterness to where you're just, uh, you're living this life and you've never really told that person that what they've done really hurt you. Uh, and, and so it just grows and grows and grows into bitterness and then unforgiveness and it just snowballs from there. And so if someone has heard you, then obviously you need to, um, you need to go and communicate that uh, with them. Uh, the next law, the law of proactivity. Proactivity. And this is sort of a difference between proactive and reactive. Now, if someone has, has grown up to where uh, they have had something done to them, like maybe uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse, there's going to be a natural reactive boundary that they're going to they're establish pretty quickly. A reactive boundary in their life. And, and, and that is all healthy, and, and, and as well as they should. But you can also uh, be in a situation where maybe you're not that, you know, in that situation, maybe not that much of a harmful situation, but you're in a situation where, you know, I, I really was, was hurt by that. Uh, maybe, maybe I was, maybe you was harmed by that. And so you set up this reaction to that, this boundary, but there's a time when that reaction boundary needs to move to proactive boundary. Because here's the problem. When people continue to, to, to live life in their reactive boundary that they've built because of something in their life, then they, they shut everything out and they blame so many things on so many people. Um, proactive people show you what they love, proactive, what they love, uh, what they want, and what they stand for. So you know what they stand for. Reactive people tell you what they hate, what they don't like, and what they stand against. What they stand against. They're always uh, against all of these things, very, very uh, negative and 
uh, sort of always feel like they're violated in their life. That my rights were taken away from me. And all of these things. And, and understand this. If people were caught up in something that's pretty tragic, as such as physical, uh, uh, sexual abuse, uh, then obviously they're going to have those feelings and that's natural. But there is a time when those people uh, who are caught in that need to move on to set up those proactive boundaries and um, to where it's something that is, is more helpful and healthy. Proactive people do not demand rights. They live them. Proactive people do not demand rights. They live them because they know that love is something we express. So if there's any people here that are sort of living this reactive life, let me tell you something. The reactive stage of any kind of hurt or harm that's done in your life, that reactive stage is a stage and that's it. Because God wants you to move beyond that stage into fullness of life that he has for you. So reactive, proactive, that law of proactivity. Uh, the next stage is the law of envy. Envy defines good as what I, uh, what I do not possess and hates that, that it does not have. So envy says, you know, I, I like this object and I don't have this object. Or what I have, I, don't re I really like. I hate it. And so the law of envy is something we need to understand because it does have effects on our boundaries. Uh, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 4, it says this, Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. So as you are building boundaries in your life, and as you're respecting the boundaries of everybody else, you need to test your actions to make sure that there's not uh, envy in your heart or any jealousy in your heart. Here's some examples of, um, of envy. A lonely person stays isolated and envious of the close relationships other people have. They're envious of close relationships. So they're like, you know what? I'm just going to react to that. And I'm just going to stay isolated. Or a single woman withdraws from social life, envying the marriages and families of, of her friends. You know, what I love is uh, we, we have um, uh, single moms here, single ladies here, who um, uh, they, they just have wonderful, awesome spirits. And, um, and they support um, the families and they're, and they're, they're uh, excited when, um, when, uh, when kids, you know, achieve things in their life and they celebrate and they applaud. And even though they may not have um, those, those complete families, um, they, they still do that. There's no envy in that. And I want to encourage, uh, encourage each of you who may be single, just, just rest and, um, and be and walk in, in the life that God has given to you and understand this, God has that great and awesome life for you. He truly does. And so if you're in a stage of envy, uh, I want to encourage you to check your heart. Another one is a person chooses the righteous life but envies and resents those who, have, who are having all the fun. And we see this uh, often when people come to Christ and they're like, you know, I used to do this with these friends and now I'm envying because I don't get to do that. And so that right there is causing 
um, some effects on our boundaries, which again, we're talking about effects of our boundaries. So how do we, how do we deal with this, uh, with this envy? The best thing to do is to become grateful for what we have. Become grateful, become blessed, and to understand that, God, you have given me so much, and, um, and I'm going to take care of the things that you have placed in my yard, within my boundary, in my life, and, and I'm going to be grateful for that, and then you will build healthy uh, boundaries. Uh, the next one is the law of activity. And basically what this means is, is that we should not be inactive about setting up boundaries. We, don't, we, need to be, uh, we need to have a lot of activity in setting up boundaries. Some people think, well, I'm just going to wait for God to come and help establish some boundaries in my life. Let me tell you something. God is waiting on you <laughs> to establish some boundaries. You probably know some boundaries in your life that you, you need to establish and if you're waiting on God to come in and build those for you, that's on you. Now, can you pray and ask God, God, give me wisdom, give me strength, bring people in my life that can help me? Absolutely. He would love to do that. And he would love to hear those prayers uh, from you. But you've got to be active in setting up those boundaries. You know, I've been told that it, when a bird is, is ready uh, to be hatched out of their egg, um, if you go and, and tap that egg and crack that egg for that bird, um, not just really touch it with your hand, but maybe an instrument or something, that bird will die. And here's the reason why. Because as part of the, as part of the development for that bird, that bird has to exert that energy in order to get out of that egg. And so because if they don't do that, then they will never develop, develop those, uh, those muscles or that sense of, of breaking out of something. They will never develop that. And so because of that, uh, they will die. Well, our boundaries can only be created by us being active and aggressive. Don't wait. Stop waiting. Set those boundaries now. Set those boundaries today. Write those down and understand where you're supposed to put those. Um, the next one is a law of exposure. You know, boundaries help us to thrive in relationships. But the only way they're going to thrive in relationships is if they can be seen. We have to, we have to expose our boundaries. We, we cannot keep them hidden. We have to communicate our boundaries we have to let people know. We have to bring our boundaries into the light. And so, but there are people who choose not to do that. And so they, have, they sort of have secret boundaries in their life. Secret boundaries that sort of come up later on in life. Like, for instance, um, we, um, you, you, have, you have a woman who... Uh, who has secretly kept this boundary and have not told her husband, hey, you're, you're, you're crossing over into things that are hurting me, or, you know, or I don't like this when you do that. And she never communicates that. And she never, um, uh, she never talks to them. She never lets those boundaries be visible to her husband until one day she communicates her boundaries finally through divorce papers. It's important that we communicate our boundaries. We don't need to have those um, secret boundaries in our life. In Ephesians chapter 4, 
verse 25, just the next book, book over. Chapter 4, verse 25 and 26. Is there, it says this. The, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And so what he's saying is this. You've got to bring it into the light. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, on, on, on how someone has, has hurt you. You need to communicate those. You need to expose your boundaries to the light. In that same book, in chapter 5, verse 13, it says this. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything is illuminated becomes a light. So everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And so we've got to understand that those boundaries, not only we got to let people know, got to communicate that, but we've got to have the, the light of Christ in our life to be able to set those biblical boundaries, those healthy boundaries. You know, I've built a lot of fences in my life. Uh, we've had, um, I'm not a professional fence <laughs> builder, uh, but we have uh, lived in several houses where I've had to build, uh, build some fences. And I've got some, yeah, I mean, just because I'm not a professional builder, uh, I've got some pretty, you know, funny stories about those, those uh, fences. In fact, one, uh, one story, we were in Dallas, and, um, and I wanted to extend our yard a little bit. We are in this, this little neighborhood where all the houses are on top of each other, and we had a little bit of yard, but we had a corner lot, all right? And so the fence wasn't really all the way to the corner. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to just extend this fence. I've built fences before. But the, the ground in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is just it's pretty hard. It's got a lot of clay, a lot of rocks. And so my, um, my uh, shovel, my post hole digger, just wouldn't cut it. So I'm like, man, I'm going to rip me an auger. So I got me one of those big old you know, gas-powered augers, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take this thing, I'm gonna put it into the ground, all right? So anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm riding this thing, literally, and I'm putting this thing in the ground, I'm like, man, this is great, the dirt's coming up, all of a sudden, great, great stuff. Well, I had to, I had to um, lay the auger down, just for a second, and I was like, well, I don't need to turn it off, it's okay, because if you push, if you push the throttle, it spins, but I'm just going to lay it down, because I needed to go get something real quick to help me uh, with this hole, and uh, so I set it down, and then I walked away, and I, I felt something tug on my jeans, and that thing had wrapped at the bottom of my jeans, and it was still spinning, all right, so it had wrapped the bottom of my jeans, and was pulling my pants off in my front yard, Okay, there was nobody around, nobody helping me. I fell to the ground, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And I, it was all the way on this side. I couldn't reach the throttle, I, you know, and, and it was really literally tearing up my jeans, pulling my pants off, and, and I'm like, what? I'm, I'm sure if we had a camera, we'd win a lot of money from this uh, little scene. But I finally got to, got to pulling the, the, the jeans and the jeans were no more, they were trash. And I finally were able to cut that thing off. But, but there's lots of, I've got many funny stories of fences. Uh, it's crazy. But so I know how to 
sort of build a fence. And I've built many fences before, but here's one thing that I've never done. I've never built a fence at night. I've never built a fence at night. Now, there's probably guys here going, oh, yeah, you can build a fence at night. You're going to headlights and get some lights on. Yeah, you could probably build a fence at night. But I have never built a fence at night. Why? Well, it's kind of kind of hard to see where you're, I mean, your, your fence really won't be all that straight. Kind of hard to see what, what you're doing. Well, we should not build boundaries in the dark. We need to make sure that when we build boundaries, we are let them be exposed. We communicate our boundaries to people. We communicate them to our friends, to our family, and even though they... Uh, some of our boundaries may hurt. Okay, now if your boundaries, if your boundaries harming people, then you got issues and you need to fix that. But understand this, if they're, they're hurting people, hurting their feelings, whatever, sit down, communicate, but don't allow that boundary to be, to be put down just because someone is hurt. It could be that that hurt is causing them to be healed. And the last, as I close out, in conclusion, is a law of power. The law of power. Even though we don't have power in our life to maybe overcome certain things in our life, uh, because maybe they're, they're too much of a, of, of a burden in our life, we do have the power to do certain, uh, to certain things. Like, for instance, you and I have the power of confession. You and I have the power of confession. You have the power to admit that you have a problem. You have the power to admit that you need to set up a boundary in certain areas in your life. That's called confession, the power of confession. You also have the power of humility, the power of humility, which is basically submitting your inability to God. You're basically telling God, God, I, I, can't, I can't do this. I can't set this up my own. You know, I, I will do everything I can within my power, my abilities, but I, I need some help, and I can't do this on my own. So the power of confession, that's basically saying, hey, this is me. I own this. I've got this issue. And then the power of humility coming in and saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. It's the same way going to a doctor, okay? When you go to, when you're getting so sick that you realize, I can't, I can't heal myself. I can't cure myself, so I've got to go to a doctor. Well, that's pretty smart. So you go to a doctor for help. Same with God the Father. When you realize in humility, I can't do this on my own. I need to come to you Father. And the last power is a power of repentance. The power of repentance, where you are basically not walking toward evil, but you turn away from evil and you walk away in the opposite direction. That's what repentance means. It's not keep going back to that time and time again. Yeah, Jesus forgives 70 times 7, even more than that. Absolutely, yes. 
But God also, in order for you to live the life that he wants to live, to have those healthy biblical boundaries in your life, you need to exercise your power of repentance and to walk away from the thing you continually to do. Walk away from that. Repentance. Some people, some people get these mixed up, salvation and repentance. Yet even though we pray a prayer of salvation, asking Christ to be Lord of our life, surrendering our life to him, but you know, you and I can't save ourselves. We, have, we do not have the power for that. We do not have the power of salvation. That is on Jesus. That's on him. But you and I have the power of repentance. That is on us. And Jesus will sometimes step in, as with Jonah, not obeying. Okay, we'll see how three days in, a, in the belly of a well will help your, <laughs> your disobedience. So the, we have the power of repentance. And so as we, as we close out today, there might be people here today It's like, you know, Frank, I've got some boundaries in my life I've got to set up. And, and I need to understand, I need to exercise um, the, uh, I need to exercise the power, the law of power, the power of confession. God, I, I confess, this is me, this is what I've been doing, and, and, and I need some help. Please help me. The, the power of, of, of humility and then the power of repentance to turn and walk away. And so what we're going to do here in just a moment, we're going to have, we're just going to have a time of, of, of prayer. And, and I, want you to, I want you to really focus in on what we're doing. We're just about to close in just a moment. But I want you to understand what, that area, what those areas are in your life. You know what they are. And we're going to go to the Father in prayer. But there's also some people here today. You're like, you know, Frank, I need Jesus in my life. I've never confessed. I've never used the power of confession. I've never used the power of humility to say I need a Savior. And I've never used the power of repentance and walked away. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know how to do that. But I'm tired of these chains that weigh me down. And so if that is you, I'm going to give you that opportunity as well. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if we could just continue to have this, this awesome spirit that God is moving throughout this place and that God will move in the hearts of people, if you have an area in your life, I just want you to, and we're, just, we're not going to raise hands right now, but I want you to think of that area right now. And I want you, in your own way, I want you to confess that to him right now. Use your power of confession. Say, Lord, that is me. That's all me. Then I want you to use a power of humility to say, God, I need help in this. I need you to flood your spirit, your love, your presence into this area. I need you, God. I need you, Jesus. And then make a Make a vow to him right now. You're going to do everything you can within your power to exercise your power of repentance, to turn and walk away. Just something like, God, I'm going to do everything I can not to go back to that again. Do everything I can. 
Now, with every head bowed, every eye still closed, if you're here today, if you've never accepted Christ as Savior, you've never confessed your sin, you've never walked in, uh, into humility and say, Jesus, I need a Savior, and you're ready to do that here, right here, right now, if that is you today, with no one looking around, just simply raise your hand. If that is you today, if there's anybody here today, man, Frank, I need Jesus in my life, and I've never done that before. I need to confess my sin. I need to confess my sin. I need to walk in humility. And I need to turn and walk away from that. Anybody in this place? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts about these laws, these principles of boundaries, because they will help us understand the effects that boundaries are going to have in our life. And I pray, Father, you give us courage, Lord, to confess those, to own those, to seek help, and to turn and walk away. And I pray, Father, that you help us, Lord, to establish those boundaries in our life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And as I close, you have these notes in your bulletin. Uh, this serenity prayer is an awesome, awesome Prayer, serenity is just another word that means peace. Uh, I, you could pray this every day, it's good stuff. But it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Probably the best boundary prayer that has ever been written.